This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. And this is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me from the Mental Health Association of the Southern Tier is the director, Keith Leahy. Welcome to the program this morning. It's been a little while since I've had you on. Yes, it's been a bit, Kathy, but I, I appreciate you having me on. Good morning. Well, for a while there, it seemed like it was, I'm, we've almost had a regular schedule, okay? It's been X number of weeks, two weeks, three weeks. Let's get Keith back on and talk about what the heck is going on. And now we are approaching, when this airs, it'll be about a week before the um, the one-year anniversary of everything shutting down. And at that time, none of us could believe what we were hearing as one by one we were getting word that the mall is closed, that Tioga Downs is closed, that this is closed, that is closed. And it was just so fast and there was so much to try to absorb. And we had you on, I think we had you on about like the third or fourth week of the shutdown is when we first got you in. Um, and, and just talking about how people could process all this and the panic that people were feeling. A year later, what has changed? What are is the Mental Health Association of the Southern Tier dealing with? Have the problems that people are, are expressing developed differently and, and in a different direction? Yeah, well, you know, our organization, the Mental Health Association of the Southern Tier, you know, we had to make that transition as well, you know, where we uh, moved from an organization that would be, you know, like a bees hide. You know, we'd have people in all the time. We'd be out there in the community providing direct services. So we had to make that transition as well and move to more of a, you know, telehealth type of arrangement where we were connecting with people mostly through, you know, telephone or through, you know, virtual uh, methods of, of, of connecting. Um, but, you know, now today, you know, we're back, we're fully open. Um, you know, we, we have, you know, con, you know, consumers coming in, we have, uh, you know, all of our programs uh, operational. Um, but I'll tell you that there's still a tremendous mental health effect with this pandemic. And, and we've been, you know, uh, answering calls through our warm line. Uh, you know, we have been taking uh, upwards of a thousand plus calls per month with that particular service. You know, we also have a mobile crisis program that has been regularly out there in the community addressing, you know, calls that are related to, to mental health. Um, so the effects, unfortunately, are, are very much still out there. And, uh, you know, uh, in, in some instances, they have become increasingly worse just because of the, you know, this this prolonged, uh, you know, lockdown um, on some level. So, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, we're not we're not through the woods yet. So you're kind of thinking that when this started, people were like, "All right, this is horrible. Oh, I'm I'm frightened," and there was the stress of that and the protests over the summer, and this kept going on, and the numbers got worse and then they got better and then the holidays and you had the holiday pressure and then the numbers got worse again and it's to the point now where you say i thought it was going to be done by now and and the desperation of really thinking that you were going to have control again not coming to fruition like you thought it was going to and not knowing when the end's going to be 
Yeah, and I, I think that's, you know, a, a big part of this equation. You know, um, I think, you know, I mean, I, people are people are exhausted. There's a lot of hurt that's out there in our community, and there have been many people that have been impacted by this pandemic in one way or another. Um, we know, you know, through statistics that, you know, mental health services, substance abuse services mm. are on the increase. There's been an increase in domestic violence, right. child abuse, and just violence um, overall. So, um, you know, these spikes uh, can somehow be related to the pandemics and, and, and what's happening um, as a result of this long-term lockdown. Acts of kindness in some cases are being replaced with just people being ticked off. You know, really flashpoint anger. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the political <laughs> environment that we had, <laughs> which I was hoping that that's going to be mellowing out a little bit, but there's still a lot of that going on. But it's just like people are on edge, and it seems like just anger management should be like high priority on some people's lists these days. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't disagree. You know, I think that at this point, you know, we need to be putting much more services out there, you know, particularly, you know, to, to families who are, you know, really struggling and, and they may have children at home. And, you know, um, you know, it, there's just certain populations that really, in my opinion, just need more more support. Um you know, I, I can speak to, you know, or from the perspective of being a parent with a with, with a kid and you know, fortunately, at this point in time, you know, our, our, our son is going to school five days a week. But but I couldn't imagine if uh, if he wasn't and, you know, kind of how we would need to maneuver in the additional stress that that would, you know, put, put us under. But many people are not in that position to where, you know, they, they you know, they can maneuver like that or, um, you know, they, they, they they're home, they're teachers, they're, you know, they're trying to work, they're taking care of the household, they're trying to put food on the table and then. You know, in, in the evenings, they're 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 sitting down and they're putting their teacher's hat on, and it, it's just it's. I mean, at some point, it, I mean, even the best of the best is going to, you know, um, begin to show wear and tear. Um, you know, from all that from all that pressure. Well, another pressure is if there even was a a chance of any sort of problems developing at home. A part time. There's a lot to be said about being apart, <laughs> whether yep. whether it be with parents and children or spouses or whatever. But with the, so much time together, there's less of an opportunity for someone who is vulnerable to seek assistance outside because they're they're kind of trapped in a situation and there's less of an opportunity for an outside force to recognize if there is a situation and offer those services you mentioned schools the a lot of the schools still are not five days a week they are not and and so there is not that um mental health safety net and services and counseling and such that is available normally in school districts you know that that's right, and and we know in our area, um, you know, just by federal designations, that that we're we're you know we we have a a, a whole host of issues. You know, we are we are deemed you know an in, in, in impoverished uh, area, and uh, we have tremendous needs here that existed, you know, and really weren't being fully met even before the pandemic. So you know, I think about those many families who have significant needs. Maybe they have a child with a learning disability or. 
you know, they, they, they you know, required some additional supports and, uh, you know, those kids that are just not being properly served during this pandemic. So, um, you know, we were not in the best shape moving into the pandemic when it comes to, you know, um, those, those, those kids, those families. And, and I could only imagine that, um, they, that many of them are not faring very well during this, uh, during this extended lockdown. Well, another aspect that uh, on that course with kids in schools is I've seen some national reports about depression among children um, being as a result of this pandemic of not having their social interaction with their friends, being in front of a computer screen all the time, and right. and they don't have those services that are where it's easily more easily recognizable that there's a, something going on. Sometimes yep. by an outdoor outside force than by somebody that is you know in the household and seeing oh it's just Junior being moody again. Oh, it's him being a teenager again. Yep. You know, um, and, and it's, you know, it's not always that, you know, that, that, that's, you know, that special needs, uh, you know, uh, population either. You know, I mean, I, 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 I've been paying attention and, and you're looking at what's happening as a result of just, um, you know, some of the students not being able to participate in sports and, and other types of, you know, activities. Um, you know, it, it, it's detrimental to some of them. Um, and, and, and I know that there's at least, you know, a few stories that have been high profile where, you know, these, these students literally felt like they were, um, you know, kind of without options. And, and, you know, we know that suicide are on the increase as a result of some of these, you know, kind of uh, events that are related to social isolation and, and people feeling hopeless and, and that, you know, maybe their, their future isn't so bright. So, um, you know, so, you know, these, these kids, these, these, these students, um, you know, are, are really being heavily impacted by, you know, this extended, um, you know, lockdown and, 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 you know, kind of one week you're remote, the next week you're, you're, you're not remote. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it, it's, it's very difficult for, for them to wrap their heads around it and, and, and not somehow be, you know, impacted by, uh, you know, the decisions that, you know, really are outside of their control. Let's talk a little bit about that then. Let's talk about if it, you are a young person, what are some of the, the the signs that maybe you should find somebody to talk to that would be good to, you know, maybe find somebody to talk to and, and steps that you should take? And what are some of the signs that parents or other people that are in contact with, uh, you know, with other people should say, that there's a little bit of a warning sign and what should you do? Cause sometimes people find it, you know, they know that something's up, but they feel uncomfortable talking to somebody and broaching the subject on, sure. on their own. Yeah. You know, I think particularly now, you know, it's, it's the parents are the best allies. Right. And uh, you know, for many kids, uh, at least in our, you know, at least in our area, um, you know, we have the, you know, the eyes on the, on the children and we know our children best. So, you know, uh, really, you know, any significant or even mild, you know, change in behavior, you know, um, things such as withdrawal, um, you know, um, maybe a kid who is talkative and, and, and isn't so talkative, you know, maybe there's a change in eating habit or sleeping habit habits. Which that's um, kind of hard to judge, though, Keith, because with the fact that you don't know when you're going to be going to class or going to work or something, there's yep. changes in sleeping and eating habits is, is par for the course with this. That's true. And, and that's why it's important to always open up those conversations, you know, and uh, really sit down and, and, and take time to, you know, talk with your child about, you know, how they're feeling, how they're experiencing this. And, you know, um, 
at the same time, really being able to open up those honest, you know, discussions, you know, are, are, are you feeling, you know, like, uh, you're hopeless, you know, are you feeling that, you know, um, you know, that you feel like you want to harm yourself, uh, you know, those types of, you know, pointed questions that can really, um, get into maybe, you know, those feelings and, and what the kid is going through. So, um, you know, those are difficult questions that to, to ask, um, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, those questions tend to open up a dialogue and, you know, at least allow the parent to, to understand, you know, what the kid is feeling and, and, and whether or not, you know, they may need to get connected to some resource that's available. One thing that is nice, speaking of resources, is MHAST. The fact that it's great that you guys are open and taking appointments and, and such, but you guys have always been a great clearinghouse of information for people if they do have questions about, if they Absolutely. have concerns, what they should do, what's yep. the best way to, to go about this. Um, yep. How do they get a hold of you guys for appointments, and, and how is that all working out? I'm sure there's social distancing and mask wearing and all that stuff involved. Yep, yep. We follow CDC guidelines, so anybody that comes into the organization, you know, it could be assured that, you know, we are taking care of, uh, you know, things in-house, in uh, so there's no, you know, major increase in, in risk to exposure. Um, you know, we are uh, adhering to social distancing. Um, but, you know, back to your point, Kathy, is that the mental health system can sometimes be a difficult thing to navigate. Mm. Um, so, you know, just as you hit on, uh, one of the main focuses uh, or, or, you know, kind of priorities or, or, or tasks within, you know, the organization is to help people to connect the services. Um, so simply, they could just call the organization at 607-771-8888, and they can get connected immediately to uh, someone. And uh, that that's actually a number that People can call 24 hours, seven days a week because we, we have those calls roll over to our short-term crisis respite center, and they take calls um, throughout the night. So um, no matter what time it is, um, people can get connected to somebody that can help them begin the process of, of figuring out what their needs may be and, and, and kind of you know how they can go about connecting to various types of services. And dealing with anxiety or just increased stress that goes along with this whole thing, there is absolutely nothing wrong with saying, hey, give me some guidance. What should I do? Who should I talk to? And how can I make this better rather than just sitting in it? Without a doubt. You know, we get those calls. We get emails um, at each and every day. And, and it really takes um, a lot of strength and, and some level of courage, you know, to reach out and ask for help but you know um you're right it, you know we are you know very savvy what's happening in the in the community we have a great staff that will take calls will be very you know um sympathetic and and understanding of the situation and 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 we will be you know with you hand in hand until you know we can help you connect to a service and you can find more on the phone numbers that are available for the peer support warm line and for the office number as well, the short-term crisis respite program at the website mhast.org. That's M-H-A-S-T dot org. Thank you for being my guest today. My pleasure, Kathy. Thank you. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. 
me 